to this special episode of The Creative Curmudgeon. Today, with the help of some special guests, I will be talking about the life and music of Donald Thomas Roth, or as he was better known later in his life, Space Alien Donald. Donald arrived on our planet on September 20th, 1935, and left our planet on April 20th, 2015. At the age of 74, he began performing rap music. Here are some samples of his work. I am Space Alien Donald, the world's oldest gay Canadian rapper. And I'm going to tell you about Mars. Cats could be space aliens. Space aliens are cute. They eat leftovers and wear green suits. Cats are more cute. They eat fresh meat and wear their own furry suit. My hamster has a skateboard. When he rides it, though, he falls. He takes off like a maniac and crashes into walls. The moon. Four billion years in the past were ETs with thoughts vast. Because they could, they engineered a moon and moved into the void at noon. It became okay while getting a blowjob to text. But anal insertion of one for taking calls wasn't next. Space aliens told humans to come out of the cave and listen to the stars for the wisdom they gave. In 2013, Ben Kitnick directed a short documentary about space alien Donald entitled Funny World, which is available on Vimeo. The title of the film comes from a Prescott-based parody religion entitled Must Be Funny, which is also the title of Donald's album. Here's Donald talking about that religion in Kitnick's documentary. Space alien Donald moved to the mile-high town of Prescott with the new millennium and started to look around for fellow hams. I love hams because they just want to entertain other people and have fun and forget dogma. So I met Derek Brownlee who invented the religion. The religion that's shown here must be funny. It's the next stage in our evolution. The age of Aquarius will be funny. Being funny is the higher consciousness we've been looking for. Our mission is to save souls from the sin of seriousness, become funny people and build a funny world and party a lot. We will now hear from people who knew space alien Donald, and we will start with Ben Kitnick. Here he is talking to me about meeting Donald, making the documentary, and the impact that Donald had on him. For those that don't know, uh, Donald was the world's oldest gay Canadian rapper. That was his uh, moniker, and um, he certainly was. Um, he, yeah, he opened up Funny World, which was this like amazing venue, house space in downtown Phoenix that um, would have like awesome bands come through town and local bands too. And it was just it was just a really amazing creative space that 
in a city without a lot of all ages venues, I mean, the trunk space, of course, um, but outside of that, I didn't really frequent uh, a lot of places. Um, Funny World kind of became this like really incredible creative space um, where you could like find like-minded young people in, in Phoenix. So, yeah, I mean, I, I first heard of Funny World. It might have been like, I want to say the second or third show ever there, some sort of Christmas show um that was happening i i got there too early with my friend and donald was there um and you know he was i forget what he was wearing but it was you know very uh, eye-catching and uh yeah i just remember we were talking about pirates he wanted to talk about pirates a lot and i just thought i've never met anyone like this person um and yeah, then I just, I, we became friends and I just started following him around with the camera and my now most frequent collaborator, that was kind of our first real non-school project we made together following Donald around um, until I felt like, man, if I, there's got to be a movie in here. I think I have enough footage where I can edit something, mm -hmm. uh, even though I had really essentially no experience at the time. Um, and yeah, then we made that short documentary called Funny World. And um, yeah, I mean, Donald was in hindsight, and I knew at the time too, but like one of the most influential people, I think, in my life, really, um, just because of the, I don't know, he was so unique and creatively um, willing to just be a supporter. I mean, who else would let, you know, some kid like 19 year old kid literally follow them around with a with a camera like with no idea of if it would turn into anything um in the end but uh yeah i'm just like super uh thankful in hindsight to have, like had such um yeah such like an incredible person in uh in my life and now some words from the cartoonist and illustrator of the space alien donald tattoo that's on my right arm tommy cannon I am very honored to be in the church of Must Be Funny. I was dubbed a member of the church of Funny World by Space Alien Donald. He was amazing in every single way. From the suit he wore to his epic lyrics, he was just a force that could not be denied. And he he gave a house to the Phoenix art community and let them paint it however they wanted it painted. And that became Funny World. I just love how he advocated for creativity. He gave artists who didn't have a penny to their name a place to live. And he was really weird, really funny. And uh, I just love the guy to death. So colorful yet not at the same time. Space Alien Donald, I love you and I miss you. Hello, uh, my name is Ashley Naftool. Uh, I'm a playwright, uh, journalist, and performance artist from Phoenix, Arizona. My first memory of uh, Space Alien Donald was um, years, years before I had ever become a part of the Phoenix art scene. Um, I used to go to my brother's, uh, Gregory's house in Temp uh, Mesa every year for Thanksgiving. And one of the people who was always in attendance was my cousin, Paul Catan. 
And we used to joke back in the day that like Paul would bring strays to Thanksgiving. Like he would bring his friends, people who would crash on his couch, people that he knew. He would kind of bring them as his plus one to our Thanksgiving dinner. And what I didn't realize at the time, um, and it was one of those really kind of fascinating revelations, is that most people he would bring to the party, to our Thanksgivings, were like people from the arts community that I'd meet years later, like uh, dancing Dave Driscoll. Um, like I would see him like at Treasure Mammal shows the trunk space and be like, why does he, this guy look familiar? And then it would click like, oh, that's that's Dave from Thanksgiving. That's Paul's friend. And Paul would just bring these people. Uh, just you know, they would they would show up once for Thanksgiving and I would never see them again at those functions until, you know, years later, you know, I started going to like downtown and like, you know, going to shows that like modified and trunk and you know um the fix all, all those spots i start seeing these people and be like oh those those are uh paul's thanksgiving uh plus ones uh, one of them was was space Alien donald i remember um they, they i can't remember what the year was exactly but um you know i had just flown in from a, a family function in california and i was at my brother's place and he basically invited me to go um my brother Greg invited us to go kind of smoke out in, in the car. So I went with him and Paul into this uh, SUV to kind of, you know, spark one up. And there was this other man, uh, like a fourth with us, this old guy with this really kind of thick, almost Coke bottle glasses. And I had no idea who he was. Like he, he, he literally said nothing in the car of us. He would just part of the rotation but he had this incredible vibe to him. Like I, I got this like William Burroughs quality to him, almost kind of like you know the grand old wizened beat shaman. Um, but like nothing, there was like nothing sinister about him. Uh, he was just he had a very calm, beneficent, you know, benevolent energy. Um, and I. I don't attribute this to him being in the car per se, but that is like the highest I've ever gotten in my life. I mean, I took a, you know, I took a couple of tokes and I felt like my body was ascending in the car. Like I felt like if there wasn't a car roof over my head, I would have like, I would have like flown up into the sky, kind of like, uh, like Wiley Wiggins at the end of uh, uh, Waking Life, you know, where he's trying to grab onto the car handle, but his fingers slip and he just kind of ascends into the clouds and disappears in the great blue. Like I was like that fucking high. And, you know, as I'm experiencing this, you know, just there's Space Alien Donald just seeing the car, looking at us each in turn, just kind of have that same kind of wry smile. Um, and then I had, you know, years later, I went to the trunk space. Um, it, was a Ryan, it was like a Ryan Avery show. Um, and Space Alien Donald was like one of the people, one of the, one of the openers. And that same kind of shock of, you know, this man wearing this indescribable hat that looked almost like um like one of those Viking helmets, but with like six or eight horns coming off of it, kind of like these felt horns. It, it, almost kind of like a like if you were to ask an alien to draw an artichoke, and that might be kind of what they would thought it looks like and they would put it on his head. And there he is, you know, he's rap you know, he's doing his space alien Donald, you know, oldest gay Canadian rapper raps about like robots giving him a head and all that. And I was just dumbstruck because it was the same feeling I had when I saw Dave Driscoll. I'm like, holy shit, that, that's the guy. That's the guy for Thanksgiving. That's the guy I got high with. And, you know, I'd see him around town and I was just kind of fascinated by his whole deal. Um, you know, I I had the privilege of a few conversations with him, nothing for too long. And I always just was struck by like, you know, 
I hesitate to say eccentric because I kind of feel like I kind of feel like it's like when you talk about like, like outsider artists, like you know, like your Wesley Wills and your Daniel Johnsons. There's kind of like this almost condescending quality to it. Like look at these people, these like artistic and intellectual savants who don't know what they're doing. And I, you know, I fucking hate that. I, I think the truth is, Dahl was a brilliant, brilliant man, but he was also very pure. And and I don't mean that like he was innocent like a child, but that like when he made art, he was being creative. There was like no profit motive to it you know like he wasn't trying to make art to get written about to get press to get uh any kind of clout or to get any kind of money really he was just this guy who's doing weird shit because art was his life being creative and just being kind of a just um a weirdo spirit in the world but was this kind of you know that's what his gut was telling him to do you know and when i think of phoenix at its best um the Phoenix that, man, to be blunt with you, I, I don't know if the, that Phoenix exists anymore. Um, you know, the Phoenix pre-ASU uh, gentrification, the Phoenix where you could go out and, like, you bump into, like, a William Wonderful who just, you know, you could buy a, a poem off him for a dollar. Or, like, you go to, like, a, like a poetry open mic and you get uh, something like, the, like Mr. Roberts, this guy who would just extemporously on top of his head just wheel out these incredibly dense and strange poems off the top of his head. You don't know how much it was improvised, how much of it was just pure, like, acid-damaged stream of consciousness. Uh, and something like like Donald, where you see these people where it's like art was just their life. It, it was just who they were. It was part of their, their philosophy and their, their way of uh, being in the world. And I, and I really thought that was beautiful and, like, admirable. And... There were times where I'd be around somebody like Donald, and I kind of felt like almost like embarrassed to myself, because when I look at myself and like you know how hard I would try to be like you know emailing journalists and like promoting shows and like just having that kind of ego trip of being like oh I'm an artist right like pay attention to me pay attention to my work like my work matters, and I just would see people like like Donald who just did the work and just lived the work and were happy with that and just. I felt unclean, yeah, if that makes sense. And, you know, I strive to, 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 you know, over the years to try to be more like someone like Donald was, somebody who was just authentic, you know, like, like, yeah, like he's doing stuff that's kind of like just a put on a character to some degree. And like, he's just kind of doing goofy stuff for the sake of it, but there's like no artifice, right? Like he's just doing that because he wants to do it because it's fun to him, you know, um, I just, when I look back, like, I wish I knew him better, you know? Like, I I wish I actually took the time to talk to him more. Because uh, he would tell me stuff, like, like him doing, like, theories. Like, I, I remember him trying to say he was trying to disprove gravity was a thing at one point. And he tried to explain to me this experiment he was doing that was involved, like, frozen olive oil, which I wish I remembered it more, man. I really wish I remembered more of what he was talking about because it was just fascinating. And just, I don't know. I just, I just think he was just, just... A fascinating, one-of-a-kind person. And when I when I mentioned earlier how I don't know if the phoenix of the past exists anymore, it's because people like him, right? Like that, you know, you could go to a random trunk space show and maybe he'd be there, you know? Like like you'd see him at like a, you know, a, a related records show and there he'd be. Um, you know, he'd just show up at random stuff and like people like him and Mr. Roberts and William Wonderful, just these this kind of just these really just unique like people who like whose art was like 
there I, I think Genesis PR used to say about the how art you know is basically about like who you are and how you live not just what you make and Tim like you know, to me like Spice Donald was art he was a creator but he was also just a unique self-made creation and I miss him and I, I wish I could see him again and you know uh but I, I do feel a real gratitude that I got to be in Phoenix and to to see the man and to to know him my name is Michelle Dawn. I am a Phoenix-based musician and artist. Uh, Space Alien Donald was and still is considered a great Phoenix oddity. He was this outlandish and magical old man who lived by the philosophy of must be funny. He gave these wild musical performances with incredibly crass lyrics and imagery and outrageous costumes and I feel like most people saw him as just this embodiment of absurdity and this legend of the Phoenix music scene. He definitely was all of that but he was also so much more. He was an absolutely brilliant person in so many different ways in an earlier life, he was a scientist by trade, and he even continued conducting his own personal experiments till the end of his life. Um, shortly before he passed away, I brought him a book on eco-architecture and a notebook to help him pass the time while he's in the hospital. And each day when I'd visit, we would talk a lot about vintage Disneyland, uh, which was something he absolutely loved. I think the idea of this like idyllic world where everything was happy uh, was just like really special and important to him. Um, we also talked a lot about how necessary it was to make architecture and lifestyle changes that were conducive to supporting nature. And he said that it was too late for all of that now and that we'd missed that window to make those changes. So he was designing this spacesuit to leave Earth instead. And each day I went and saw him, he'd show me how he was using this notebook to make sketches and figure out the schematics of this suit. And I'm so thankful to have that notebook now. It's filled with drawings and these wildly complicated equations and concepts and ideas. He literally was doing all of these things and designing all of this while recovering from surgery. His brain was just constantly working on ideas and testing experiments and learning. And he wasn't just brilliant in the subject of science either. Um, he spent a large amount of time conducting social experiments. He constantly focused on studying humans and our relationships and how we interact with one another. Um, he would regularly say and do things just to study how a person might react to it. Um, even though he was known to brush things off and he called things trivial human problems or said that we had silly human emotions. Um, but to me, he was this absolute master of the study of them. He devoted so much of himself to understanding what makes people who they are and understanding the world. He also had an incredible caring and gentle heart. He was intensely generous and thoughtful. I um, was scheduled to have surgery shortly after he had his. And before that could happen, he unfortunately passed away. And while we were sorting through his belongings, we discovered that he had already gotten me a gift to bring to me after my surgery. 
and had already written a card even and shared that he didn't want me to feel alone in the hospital. Knowing that he took time to do something so caring while he was dealing with so much of his own health issues just meant everything to me. He was just so unbelievably special. The first time that I met Space Alien Donald, he was really excited to learn that I sing opera. And me knowing what an oddity he was, I shared that I regularly sing at funerals and was fully expecting him to be impressed by what a weird career I had. And instead, I was so surprised and heard him not only not be impressed at all, but immediately tell me that it's too morbid and to change the subject. Um, he was the most blunt and honest person I think I've ever met. And I think it's what made him so wonderful. He wasn't hindered by what anyone thought of him. He was just fully able to be weird and to be himself. And he never was concerned at all with any socially constructed normativity or anything like that. And I just adore him for that. Um, I am an autistic person and I've been trying to work through unmasking and learning to accept and allow myself to kind of live without shame. And I think of Donald literally every single day and how uninhibited he was, whether it was in his day-to-day -day conversations or with his lifestyle or clothing choices, his music, his performing, whatever. Um, he didn't let rules and normativity change him. And he's just so incredibly important because of that. Hello out there. My name is Abelardo Gill. I am a writer, musician, performer, dad, and uh, I usually perform under the name Treasure Mammal around the Phoenix area and around the United States, and I've been doing it since, um, I think, 19 years now. This November, it'll be 20. I believe I met Donald in the summer of 2012. Um, just before I had met Donald, I met Dave Driscoll, and it was too hot to play in Phoenix, so I decided to play in Prescott, and Dave introduced me to Donald, at um, Casa de Calavera in Prescott, Arizona, which was a skate shop slash venue. And I performed there with, um, I think, another band called Hour of the Wolf. And I stayed at Donald's house with Dave. And, you know, Space Alien Donald told me about how he wanted to become a rapper, and I told him, I 100% believe that you should because you're the world's oldest gay Canadian space alien rapper. So I think with the help of Dave Driscoll and myself and other people in the community, it um, he felt comfortable enough to 
give it a shot. And um, luckily at that time, houses were pretty cheap in Phoenix, so Space Alien Donald bought a house on Brill Street in Phoenix, and then also another spot near where the New Times was, where Funny World existed. But um, one of the main things that I take away from Donald is that, you know, he started his rap career at 75 years old. And that just resonated so much with me because, you know, society gives you all these rules about how you should be and what you should be doing at certain ages. It's like, oh, by the time you're 40, you need to have a kid and a white picket fence and, uh, you know, a family and a wife and a husband or whatever. You know, there's just these societal expectations. And I do think that, um, and anyways, within those societal expectations, you know, you can do whatever you want at any point in your life. And I feel like that thought is very, very powerful. And it is the main takeaway that I get from spending time with space alien Donald, who's very much an inspiration for me and, and, and many other people and, and just lives in my heart with those thoughts and ideas. So forget all those societal expectations and, you know, you can do what you want and, at any point in time in your life and that is awesome and um, Spacey and Alien Donald I hope wherever you are that you are in peace and that you're still performing in space and yeah, I love you bye In September 2014, Space Alien Donald released his only album, Must Be Funny. In 2017, I wrote an article about said album for Yab Yum Music and Arts, and what follows is me reading said article. April 20th marks the anniversary of Space Alien Donald leaving our planet in 2015 at age 79. He was many things, loner, scientist, writer, voracious reader, anarchist, vegetarian, free thinker. Having lived a nomadic life, he spent the last four years of his Earth time residing in Phoenix and instantly became a celebrity amongst the community. Not only was he well known for being a genuine eccentric, but he was also a proud outcast before many subcultures were formed to give outcasts a home. He was a big fan of science fiction and empathized with the intellectually advanced alien characters who tried to open the minds of Earth people and were punished as a result, such as in Slan, his favorite book. As he explained in Ben Kitnick and Saxon Richardson's short documentary, Funny World. People get it. They get it right away. They, they understand that I'm not saying I'm really from outer space. I, I'm saying I'm alienated. Because most of the people I meet are alienated too. For many others who have also felt alienated, he served as a guiding light. 
Donald always tried to turn the spotlight away from himself and onto other artists he admired. He scoffed at the idea of being called a musician, though he was secretly an amazing pianist. He also didn't think of himself as a wordsmith, though he was a published poet and authored at least two books. He threw most of his book copies in a dumpster during the 1990s. Yet he started performing at age 74 and came to be known as the world's oldest gay Canadian rapper, a moniker thought up by Abe Gill from Treasure Mammal. The album Must Be Funny was recorded by Jalapaz at Audio Confusion and released on Ryan Avery's Related Records label seven months before Donald returned to the cosmos. Let us thank Mars that he decided to leave this documentation behind in the nick of time. The album is a perfect reflection of Donald, one of a kind, fearlessly weird, and effortlessly insightful. Must Be Funny is not a quirky rap novelty album. I wouldn't lump it in with any other genre either. The music is jarring and disconcerting, matching the varying lyrical shades of idiosyncrasy throughout. Donald's one-taker bust vocal tracks show a laid-back cool that embodied him as an individual. He wasn't trying, and that's what made the album work. The title Must Be Funny sums up the album's theme, as well as summing up Donald's worldview. Some of the sillier topics include felines from outer space, a hamster on wheels, and how cyborg fornication is only morally acceptable if the androids are physically attractive. These songs fit in with the more overtly philosophical tracks on the album because they all attack mindless seriousness. The lyric in Funny World says it all. Serious World is based on empty beliefs. Similarly to Devo, the space alien questioned the notion that humankind was evolving forward. Mixed in with the album's zaniness are genuine pleas to improve the planet's condition by thinking for yourself and putting the kibosh on bureaucracy and dogma. As he proclaimed in Human Zoo, If you are dumb, if you have greed, on planet Earth you can succeed. Those who run this planet seem to be part of a foolish, unwise regime. Though he had a rightfully pessimistic outlook on the human race, he also had faith in the ability of the alienated to fight the idiocy. In Happy As Can Be, he spoke for his extraterrestrial brethren who merely want peace for us all. Space aliens are gentle. We didn't come to invade. Space aliens are lovers too, caring as can be. As has been the case with a lot of the best sci-fi, Donald used the analogy of the misunderstood Martian to highlight humankind's fear of the other and to emphasize the point that maybe the other shouldn't be feared after all. 79 years seems like a decent quantity for most lifelines, but Donald seemed especially youthful for any age group. He saw every Disney movie in theaters since the 1940s, introduced himself to every stranger as a space alien, wore costumes whenever he felt like it, and spent some of his last days in a hospital bed designing a spacesuit that could withstand temperatures on Mars. He jokingly told me many times that he had no intention of dying, that his brain would be transferred to a robot body and he would thereby be immortal. Or maybe he wasn't joking. Evoking a childlike wisdom, he observed the stress of the adult world and wondered why these grown-ups spent so much of their time upsetting themselves with pointless hooey. It's not that children don't understand. It's that they haven't been conditioned to self-destruct yet and can see the world more clearly than we can. 
Such was the case with Donald, who lived a full life, but still seemed to have a lot more to do. But as he foreshadowed in the song, Hey, Hey, Hey. Space alien Donald just shook his head, got back in his ship, and away he fled. Must Be Funny is a testament to how much can be done with nothing more than imagination and honesty. Like Donald himself, the album somehow screams a message of fuck you without being hateful. Its silliness is serious business. If you haven't listened to it, please do so. If you have listened to it, please listen again. Donald was a magical being, and it's incredibly important that he and his ideas be remembered through what he left behind. When I find myself succumbing to fear and conflict, which is far too often, I often return to this album so that he can guide me through these petty human emotions the way he used to in real life. I hope that any listener takes from Must Be Funny what I took from seeing Donald perform for the first time. It was at the 2010 Real Coachella Festival at the Trunk Space, the second time I had ever met him. The first time was also at the Trunk Space. As I watched this being be so unbelievably himself and saw how little of a fuck he gave about what anyone thought of him, I thought to myself, if he has the guts to do this, any of us can do anything. That was my article on Space Alien Donald and his album Must Be Funny. We are going to conclude this podcast with clips of Space Alien Donald himself speaking in the Funny World documentary. Thank you so much for listening. Hi, I'm Space Alien Donald, and I want to tell you how I became a space alien. So I was born in 1935 in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. At the age of two and a half, I hitchhiked 70 miles, got four rides, and got back home and made the newspaper. I remember in grade eight, telling the teachers that I wanted to be a physicist. And I was the only kid who talked like that. So I started out inventing kind of low-level schooling. And I applied for a job and I wrote down the fake schooling and nobody ever checked. Okay, so I was 30 when I moved to the USA and worked in uh, measurement labs, which was a good training for getting me started on tachyon experiments later on. You have to learn to think for yourself and bypass all this brainwashing. It's okay to be a fool. It can be fun being different if you, if you meet a lot of people who think the same way and you put a little effort into it and people will actually be nice.